Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with The Wall Street Resource, and joining me is John Farlinger, and he's the CEO of Assure Holdings. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jeff. John, thanks for joining. And for those not familiar with Assure, can you give us a quick overview of the company? Sure, happy to. Uh, Assure Holdings Corp. is a provider of interoperative neurophysiological monitoring services. Uh, We're the only publicly traded company of our type. Uh, We trade on the the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol IOM and the OTCQB under the symbol ARHH. What we do is we really are working with surgeons during highly invasive surgeries whereby we are putting a technologist into the operating room, that's our employee, and they are working with typically a neurosurgeon, spine surgeon, uh, an ENT, or a vascular surgeon during very complicated and invasive surgeries. They are typically a member of the OR team, and they are typically working with that surgeon on every procedure that they schedule and work on. In addition to the technologist who is our employee, we are also providing a neurologist who is typically working remotely. They're not in the operating room, but they are working from a remote location and typically working on multiple surgeries at the same time. Uh, In this model, uh, it's really the standard of care now in the United States, and it is focused on really providing the highest quality of care and service for patients. And what we're trying to do is to make sure that a deficit or an accident does not take place during the course of a complicated surgery. Um, our model last year we did over t- we did almost 10,000 surgeries or procedures, up from 6,500 the year before, and up from 3,000 in the prior year. We we are we pride ourselves and provide the highest quality of and standards of care, and we are projecting 40% plus growth this year, in addition to any M&A activity that we may engage in. We also have plans to move from the OTCQB and uplist to NASDAQ as part of our growth strategy in 2021. Does that help, Jeff, in terms of trying to understand what we do in our business model? It, it does. I want to back up just a little bit and, and get a better understanding of what neural monitoring actually is and, and what type of operations is it used for. Great question. Uh, in layman's terms, we're, we're using a couple of electrophysiological methods, typically EEG and EMG, and we're, we're looking at the functional integrity of neural structures during surgery. Basically, we do not want to see a surgeon cut a neural gateway, which could lead to paralysis or death. At the same time, we're providing immediate feedback to the surgeon and the operating team during these surgeries. We're measuring neuroactivity. We're measuring the effects of anesthetics. And we're really monitoring the well-being of the patient during this this surgery. Uh, When we're doing it, during spinal and neurosurgeries, vascular, which typically open heart, et cetera, ENT, orthopedic, and other types of invasive surgeries. 
Over 1.4 million surgeries took place using this type of service. And I want to emphasize it's a service. It's really the outsourcing to us of the provision of a technologist in the operating room and the provision of a neurologist who is working remotely. What we're doing is really creating a platform and a recurring revenue model as we work with more and more surgeons and more and more hospitals going forward. We currently operate in eight states. We work with 140 surgeons in 66 facilities. It's essentially building a recurring revenue model as we scale and as we continue to grow. Okay. And then how big a market is your addressable market? The market right now uh, is probably about 1.4 million procedures. We will be about 1% of the market in 2021, looking to grow that, that, that our share of the market significantly over the next 24 to 36 months. Our growth rate is, has been about 80% over the last 36 months in terms of procedure growth. We are focused really on continuing to grow organically, but we're the only publicly traded company of our type, and we want to really leverage our currency, which is our, our, our stock, to grow and acquire a number of our smaller competitors going forward. Uh, we announced the acquisition of one of our competitors last year in, in Texas, and we want to continue that strategy. Uh, we feel we built a very strong platform, one that's capable of scaling, and growth will continue to be a focus for us. The, the challenges in healthcare really are around, in this industry, getting scale, managing cash flow and billing. It's a challenge. Uh, we went through the process. Uh, like most of our competitors, they started off using outsourced billing companies. Uh, we have our own billing team, 20 people working internally with a very seasoned manager. And as we've done that, we've, we've had significant improvements in, in that regard. And then lastly, unlike most of our competitors, who bill on an out-of-network basis. We are focused on partnering with the insurance companies and entering into agreements with them so as to guarantee uh, stronger cash flow and guaranteed amounts of payouts on the services that we provide. And uh, that okay. will continue to be our model going forward. Okay. So, so you gave me in terms of number of uh, surgeries, but in, in to, can you give me some concept of dollars, how big this market is? Uh, it's it's a multi-billion-dollar market now, and it's really broken into two verticals. There are the services that are being provided by the hospitals, and there are the services that are being provided by the outsourced providers like us in the space. Yeah, that's the what I'm getting at. Uh, your the yeah. your addressable market. How big in terms of dollars? It's just over a billion dollars, and okay, in our world. It's not, we're not just competing with our own vertical, but we're also inducing the hospitals to drive business to us by using us as an outsourced provider. And okay. we are very focused on, on, that, on that regard right now. COVID has created opportunities uh, going okay. forward. And I think... So it sounds like it's a... I'm sorry, it sounds like it's it's a, a growing, expanding market because you're getting the hospitals to outsource as well. It is, and the market's growing because of really an aging population. 
an increasing number of chronic disorders and uh, a growing need for surgeries going forward. Okay. And then, so so how do you compete? It, it sounds like you're you're not the biggest player in the competitive landscape. Is that correct? And no, we're and, not. And how do you grab share? Yeah, the market itself is really, you know, if you look at the total market, there are a couple of large players that control about 8 to 10% of the market. And then there are literally probably a half dozen companies that are, you know, kind of in the 10,000 to 40,000 procedure range. And then literally you've got dozens and dozens of companies in the, in the space where, you know, where we are. And we're looking to really grab um, a significant portion of that market as we look to outcompete a lot of these smaller players on a, on a state-by-state basis. And so how do you outcompete? What, what's your, your advantage? Our, our advantage is really providing a higher quality and standard of care. All of our techs are typically university grads. They pass a certification process. And then we have a commitment, an ongoing commitment, education, training, and development. We have, we've just brought in a, a very strong leader to lead the education process, uh, an individual who's taught at Harvard, Stanford, University of Chicago. He heads up our training and development process. And we're just going through and educating our first group of students now that we recruited right out of university and training them to really pass the certification process and to become certified interoperative neuromonitoring technologists. In addition to that, we have an ongoing process of training and development. So that's on the clinical side. We're committed to excellence in that regard. We recently were awarded the JCO certification, which recognizes the highest standards of care in our industry. So first and foremost, we're committed to excellence. The other areas where we are simply better than most of our competitors are around billing and collection. Most of our smaller competitors are using third-party providers. There's no alignment there with maximizing cash flow. We made the decision about 12 months ago to bring that in-house and build a 20-person team focused on data analytics driving technology to get much higher results from the entire billing process. And as I mentioned, we're the only company of our type looking to partner with the insurance companies, really to get in-network agreements where we are guaranteed rates of return in a very short period of time versus operating in a network basis going forward. So some unique differentiators that are allowing us really to outcompete most of our competition. Very good. And then the, the gating factor to growth, is, is it just finding good people and training them, or, or, or what is the gating factor? Uh, well, there are probably three or four issues there. Um, one, it's not easy. Firstly, it's not easy to go into a, a neurosurgeon's office and try to get business. It takes time. Most of our business has come from surgeons, neurosurgeons, ENT, vascular, referring us to colleagues. And up until 2020, nearly all of our growth was on a referral basis. Surgeons referring other surgeons, which is a great compliment to us. Since that, 
we, we've looked at accelerating growth through a couple of means. One is going out there and acquiring and looking to acquire some of our competitors. The other is aggressively setting up programs to try to drive groups like medical distributors to bring their surgeons onto our platform. And we're aggressively doing that now on a state-by-state -state basis. The other opportunity, one of the biggest, is simply going to the hospitals themselves and showing them a model where they're much better off partnering with us. Interoperative neuromonitoring is not a core competency for hospitals. They don't need to be carrying technologists. There's a much higher return by outsourcing to us, leveraging our specialization, our scale, and using us going forward. In addition, smaller hospitals, it's expensive to carry neurologists. They can use us and use our neurologists on a pay-per-play basis to provide services. And on that end, the other thing that we're very focused on is setting up really a telemedicine function. And we're knee-deep in rolling out that platform, and it will be live in the first quarter of 2021. That group will be focused on providing neurologist services initially to us, but ultimately to our competitors and to hospitals as we continue to go after the hospitals and provide our types of services going forward. Okay. So, so who are your customers? Are they the surgeons or are they the hospitals? And, and how are you reaching yeah. them? Well, in our ecosystem, that's a great question. We're really partnering with four groups. We're partnering with the surgeons because to a great degree, they've driven the revenue to us over the last several years. We're also partnering with the hospitals because we need to be able, if we're not in a direct contract with them in providing services, we need their facilities so that we can provide services. We're also partnering with the insurance companies because at the end of the day, we're being paid by the hospitals or the insurance groups. And then lastly, we're focused on the patients because at the end of the day, it's about providing the highest quality of care to those patient groups. And, and we differentiate ourselves in many regards with, in dealing with this latter group. Unlike a lot of our competitors who are simply providing a service, trying to get something done and out of the way, we have a, we have a team of people, a patient advocate group, that works with patients prior to, the day of surgery, and post-surgery to make sure that everything goes well. Expectations are met. We provide the highest quality of service and then we help them deal with any billing issues that may arise during a surgery. So to answer your question historically, our target market has been the surgeons in, because they, they drive revenue to us through partnerships. But, but now, and more increasingly, it's the hospitals that we partner with. It's partnering with the insurance companies to make sure that we get paid. And then lastly, it's making sure that patients have the highest quality of service provided to them and that our expectations are then that their expectations are being met by the provision of those services. Okay. So, are you doing this in the in the states that you want to, or is there more expansion state uh, state to state? We we told the market that we are look we are, we operate in eight states now. We are looking to add two more states over the next ninety days. We're very close to going live in one, and. Uh, we expanded into two additional states last year, uh, but our plan is this year, again, to have 40% plus growth, and overall, we're looking at three to four more states in 2021. 
So, so you mentioned um, briefly acquisitions. Uh, is that part of the strategy, and is that how you're going to expand states? It is. And, uh, you know, we, we set up an M&A team. Uh, a lot of the team, including myself, have been involved in M&A activity in the past. And, you know, honestly, a lot, Jeff, a lot of the, the market, the healthcare market has been affected by COVID. In 2020, uh, we, our business, like others, was heavily affected by the reduction in elective procedures. The month of April, we probably lost about 70% plus of our procedures. We were able to weather that, that issue, and we had a record quarter. In, 2000, in the fourth quarter of 2020, we had record numbers of procedures, uh, record amounts of cash collection. And we see the market having stabilized, but a lot of our undercapitalized competitors are, are struggling. And we see a buying opportunity developing where we can go out and acquire these smaller undercapitalized competitors uh, for very attractive pricing. And we, we acquired one of our competitors, as I mentioned, last, uh, last year. And it's worked out very well for us. It gave us a 50% lift in scale, volume, et cetera, and made us the dominant player in the market that we were competing with them in. And this is all about scale. And any way that we can accelerate volume and get the higher critical mass, we'll be looking at that as an option going forward. Okay. And so as COVID fades away, knock on wood, uh, and business picks up, uh, I don't know how to judge it. Is there a capacity that you're at? Can you take on um, more business from your existing infrastructure? We can. And uh, one of the things that we focused on is really 2020 was all about building capacity. Uh, We made significant investments in our RCM, our revenue cycle management team, where we we made a conscious decision with limited capital to build a 20-person-plus team. We built an automation process on the RCM team. We built an automation process on the accounting team. And now we're building a further automation process on the front part of that, that, that system, which is really the, the system facing the hospitals, billing, et cetera. One of our advantages here is really building analytics data and leveraging that going forward. And we've built a platform that we think we can scale three or four times uh, based upon the infrastructure that we've built so far. That will be a focus for us. And, you know, if you listen to any of our earnings calls, we're like a broker record. There's three things that we are focused on. Number one is scale. This is a business that requires scale. We're a different business at 20,000 procedures or 30,000 procedures than we are at 10 and versus where we were a year ago at five. And so the focus is on getting higher volumes. Second issue, it's all about being able to collect on what you bill. That's a clear differentiator for us. Uh, we've, we've gotten really good at it. And you simply have to look at our press releases to see the effect of bringing that in-house and building competencies there. Are we where we want to be? No, but we see a tremendous opportunity to develop analytics and data and use that as a competitive advantage going forward. And then lastly, it's a, really about not battling with the insurance companies, the payors, but partnering with them. And we built a management team that has got the experience in doing all of the above, scaling, partnering, and building RCM functions that we believe we can, that we believe will be able to utilize to really outperform and outcompete 
our other competitors. Very good. And, and you briefly mentioned a telehealth offering. Can you give us a little more color on that and how that fits in? Yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're actually in the telehealth business now. Uh, we, in, in the OR, the neurologist is working remotely. Why? Because it's, it's much more cost-effective to be using a, a portal to look at data and to have the neurologist working from a remote location looking at six to eight surgeries at a time from a centralized hub. They don't, the neurologist does not have to be in the OR. They're looking at data real time. In our model, you know, we, we participated in almost 10,000 surgeries last year. We use contractors, contracting companies. Going forward, we want to be able to use our own neurologists and for at least a portion or a meaningful portion of our business and therefore benefit from that scale of being able to look at six, seven, eight procedures at a time. We'll do that. Uh, we're in the process of hiring a medical director, and we expect to hire one to two neurologists over the next 90 days. So for the next 12 months, we'll be focused on our own business and providing services to our own business. But the opportunity will develop to really do it for our competitors and to do it for the hospitals themselves as hospitals try to continue to cut costs. And I see us being able to migrate from not just interoperative neural monitoring to providing other services like EEG, EMG, et cetera, and a menu of services really to hospitals as we go forward, really through a telehealth portal and opportunity. Okay. And, and then so how do you get paid? You, you said recurring revenue, but what I'm imagining really is getting more docs on board in hospitals and getting repeat business as opposed to a recurring monthly charge. Is, is that correct? Yeah. A couple of thoughts there. We, our model has really been focused on partnering with surgeons so that we're involved in every surgery that they schedule. There's almost a predictability now to working with 140 surgeons. A surgeon that does 250 surgeon, surgeries or about 20 a month, if he did that in 20 and 2020, 2019, he's probably going to do that in 2021. And so we built, we're building this recurring revenue model at the same time to really go faster. We're looking at offering those services to hospitals and bringing distributors on who are selling to surgeons already in the spine, the orthopedic areas, to bring their doctors onto our platform. And lastly, it's about looking at competitors who may be struggling and to try to facilitate transactions with them to also bring them onto our platform. And so we, we think we're, we're very well positioned to accelerate growth in 2021. And we told the market we expect to grow by at least 40% in 2021 going forward. Very good. And can you give us an idea of gross margins, where they are and where they should be? Yeah, we're running at... We're flirting between 48 and 52% in gross margins now, uh, depending upon the state. Every state is different, and every state has different payors. And each of these payors pay at different levels uh, of return. The other thing is our, our margins are a function of the types of services and the surgeries that we offer and support. So certain types of procedures pay more. 
certain states pay more based upon the composition of the payors who are in those states. But overall, we're, we're averaging between 47 and 53% margins, approximately about a 50% margin. Okay. And so as we monitor the company and look out over the next 12 months, um, what type of events or, or catalysts should we look for that might help drive us? Well, we've, um, we completed the institutional round of funding in December. We raised about $10.5 million, uh, by multiple institutional investors uh, from the, the U.S. East Coast. Uh, we, as, as part of that process, we filed an S-1 registration statement with the SEC at the end of December. And our goal is really to complete that process, ideally by the middle of February, or it may linger on a little bit later, and then really use that as a catalyst to start working on an uplisting onto a senior exchange, probably NASDAQ in the United States. At the same time, we are looking at multiple M&A opportunities right now, and we have growth opportunities in at least three states that we are hoping to consummate over the next 90 to 120 days. So stay tuned and watch for what we think will be expansion announcements over the next three or four months. Again, supporting our growth to scale and grow market share. Um, I think those are the key milestones to really watch for uh, from our standpoint. And then obviously the, the year-end financials, which will be coming out at the end of March. Okay. Before we go, anything I failed to ask or any closing remarks? No, I think, I think you've asked some, some great questions, and hopefully the feedback uh, I provided will give potential investors greater insight uh, into Assure. And uh, certainly we welcome uh, any questions that people have. Again, it's, it's Assure Holdings Corporation. We trade under the symbol IOM in Canada on the Venture Exchange, and ARHH uh, in the United States on the OTCQB. Go to our website, take a look at our data, our press releases, and we're certainly, we're, we certainly welcome any communication. We're happy to respond to any questions that people have going forward. Very good. John, well, thank you for sharing the Assure story. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, really appreciate it.